Reuben J. Antichrist, wandering Jew, a clutching hand open on his spine, stumps forward. Across his loins is slung a pilgrim's wallet, from which protrude promissory notes and dishonoured bills. Aloft over his shoulder he bears a long boat pole, from the hook of which the sudden huddled mass of his only son, saved from liffy waters, hangs from the slack of its breeches. A hobgoblin in the image of Punch Costello, hip-shot, crook-backed, hydrocephalic, prognathic, with receding forehead and alley-sloper nose, tumbles in somersaults through the gathering darkness. All. What? The hobgoblin, his jaws chattering, capers to and fro, gogging his eyes, squeaking, kangaroo-hopping, with outstretched, clutching arms. Then, all at once, thrusts his lipless face through the fork of his thighs. Il vient! C'est moi! L'homme qui rit! L'homme primigène! He whirls round and round with dervish howls. He crouches, juggling. Tiny roulette planets fly from his hand. The planets rush together, uttering crepitant cracks. The planets, buoyant balloons, sail, swollen, up and away. He springs off into vacuum. Flory, sinking into torpor, crosses herself secretly. The end of the world. A female tepid effluvium leaks out from her. Nebulous obscurity occupies space. Through the drifting fog without, the gramophone blares over coughs and feet shuffling. Jerusalem, open your gates and sing. A rocket rushes up the sky and bursts. A white star falls from it proclaiming the consummation of all things and second coming of Elijah. Along an infinite, invisible tightrope, taut from zenith to nadir, the end of the world, a two-headed octopus in Gilly's kilts, busby and tartan filibegs, whirls through the murk, head over heels in the form of the three legs of man. The end of the world, with a Scotch accent. Wall dance the keel, roll the keel, roll the keel, roll. Over the passing drift and choking breath coughs, Elijah's voice, harsh as a corncrake's, jars on high. Perspiring in a loose lawn surplus with funnel sleeves, he is seen, verger-faced, above a rostrum about which the banner of old glory is draped. He thumps the parapet. No yapping, if you please, in this booth. Jake Crane, Creole Sue, Dave Campbell, Abe Kushner, do your coughing with your mouths shut. Say, I am operating all this trunk line... Boys, do it now. God's time is 12.25. Tell mother you'll be there. Rush your order and you play a slick ace. Join on right here. Book through to eternity junction. The non-stop run. Just one word more. Are you a god or a doggone clod? If the second advent came to Coney Island, are we ready Flory Christ, Stephen Christ, Zoe Christ, Bloom Christ, Kitty Christ, Lynch Christ. It's up to you to sense that cosmic force. Have we cold feet about the cosmos? No. Be on the side of the angels. Be a prism. You have that something within. The higher self. You can rub shoulders with a Jesus, a Gautama, an Ingersoll. Are you all in this vibration? I say you are! You once nobbled that congregation, and a buck joy ride to heaven becomes a back number. You got me? It's a life brightener, sure. The hottest stuff ever was. It's the whole pie with jamming. It's just the cutest, snappiest line out. It is immense, supersumptuous, it restores, it vibrates. I know, and I am some vibrator. Joking apart and getting down to bedrock, A.J. Christ, Dowie, and the harmonial philosophy, have you got that? Okay, 77 West 69th Street, got me? That's it. You call me up by sun phone any old time. Bumboozers, save your stamps. He shouts. Now then, our glory song. All join heartily in the singing encore. He sings. Jeru. The gramophone drowning his voice. For 
Jerusalem in your eye. The disc rasps gratingly against the needle. The three whores covering their ears squawk. Elijah, in rolled up shirt sleeves, black in the face, shouts at the top of his voice, his arms uplifted. Big brother up there, Mr. President! You hear what I done just been saying to you? Certainly I sort of believe strong in you, Mr. President. I certainly am thinking now Miss Higgins and Miss Ricketts got religion way inside them. Certainly seems to me I don't never see no worse a scared female than the way you been, Miss Florrie, just now as I done seed you. Mr. President, you come long and help me save our sisters, dear. He winks at his audience. Ah, Mr. President, he twigged the whole lot, and he ain't saying nothing. Kitty Kate. I forgot myself. In a weak moment, I erred and did what I did on Constitution Hill. I was confirmed by the bishop. My mother's sister married a Montmorency. It was a working plumber was my ruination when I was pure. Zoe Fanny. I let him larrup it into me for the fun of it. Florrie Teresa. It was in consequence of a port wine beverage on top of Hennessy's three stars. I was guilty with wheeling when he slipped into the bed. Stephen. In the beginning was the word. In the end, the world without end. Blessed be the eight Beatitudes. The Beatitudes, Dixon, Madden, Crothers, Costello, Lenehan, Bannon, Mulligan and Lynch, in white surgical students' gowns, four abreast, goose-stepping, tramp fast past in noisy marching. The Beatitudes, incoherently. Beer, teeth, battle out, Bible, wisdom, barnum, bugger, bishop. Lister, in Quaker grey knee-breeches and broad-brimmed hat, says discreetly, He is our friend. I need not mention names. Seek thou the light. He corantos by. Best enters in hairdresser attire, shinily laundered, his locks in curl papers. He leads John Eglinton, who wears a mandarin's kimono of nankeen yellow, lizard-lettered, and a high pagoda hat. Best, smiling, lifts the hat and displays a shaven pole, from the crown of which bristles a pigtail toupee, tied with an orange topknot. I was just beautifying him, don't you know? A thing of beauty, don't you know? Yates says, or I mean Keats says. John Eglinton produces a green-capped dark lantern and flashes it towards a corner with carping accent. Aesthetics and cosmetics are for the boudoir. I am out for truth, plain truth for a plain man. Tandra Gee wants the facts and means to get them. In the cone of the searchlight behind the coal scuttle, olive, holy-eyed, the bearded figure of Mananon MacLear broods, chin on knees, he rises slowly. A cold sea wind blows from his druid mantle. About his head writhe eels and elvers. He is encrusted with weeds and shells. His right hand holds a bicycle pump. His left hand grasps a huge crayfish by its two talons. Mananon MacLear, with a voice of waves. <laughs> of whistling sea wind. With a cry of storm birds. He smites with his bicycle pump the crayfish in his left hand. On its cooperative dial glow the twelve signs of the zodiac. He wails with the vehemence of the ocean. Bone, bone, I am 
the light of the homestead. I am the dreamery, creamery butter. A skeleton Judas hand strangles the light. The green light wanes to mauve. The gas jet wails, whistling. The gas jet. <laughs> Zoe runs to the chandelier and, crooking her leg, adjusts the mantle. Who is a fag, as I'm here? Lynch, tossing a cigarette onto the table. Here. Zoe, her head perched aside in mock pride. Is that the way to end the port to a lady? She stretches up to light the cigarette over the flame, twirling it slowly, showing the brown tufts of her armpits. Lynch, with his poker, lifts boldly a side of her slip. Bare from her garters up, her flesh appears under the sapphire, a nixie's green. She puffs calmly at her cigarette. Can you see the beauty spot of my behind? I'm not looking. Zoe makes sheep's eyes. No, you wouldn't do a less thing. Would you suck a lemon? Squinting in mock shame, she glances with sidelong meaning at Bloom, then twists round towards him, pulling her slip free of the poker. Blue fluid again flows over her flesh. Bloom stands, smiling desirously, twirling his thumbs. Kitty Ricketts licks her middle finger with her spittle, and gazing in the mirror, smooths both eyebrows. Lipoti virag, basilicogramate, shoots rapidly down through the chimney flue, and struts two steps to the left on gawky pink stilts. He is sausaged into several overcoats and wears a brown Macintosh under which he holds a roll of parchment. In his left eye flashes the monocle of Cashel Boyle or Connor Fitzmaurice Tisdale Farrell. On his head is perched an Egyptian pshent. Two quills project over his ears. Virag, heels together, bows. My name is Virag Olipoti of Jombatel. He coughs thoughtfully, dryly. <clears throat> Promiscuous nakedness is much in evidence hereabouts, eh? Inadvertently, her back view revealed the fact that she is not wearing those rather intimate garments of which you are a particular devotee. The injection mark on the thigh, I hope you perceived. Good. Grand Papachi. But number two, on the other hand, she of the cherry rouge and coiffeur's white, whose hair owes not a little to our tribal elixir of gopherwood, is in walking costume and tightly stazed by her seat, I should opine. Backbone in the front, so to say. Correct me, but I always understood that the act so performed by skittish humans with glimpses of lingerie appealed to you in virtue of its exhibitionist histicity. In a word, hippogriff. Am I right? She is rather lean. Virag, not unpleasantly. Absolutely. Well observed. And those pannier pockets of the skirt and slightly peg-top effect are devised to suggest bunchiness of hip. A new purchase at some monster sale for which a gull has been mulcted. Meretricious finery to deceive the eye. Observe the attention to details of dust specks. And never put on you tomorrow what you can wear today. Parallax! With a nervous twitch of his head. Did you hear my brain go snap? Polysyllabax! Bloom, an elbow resting in a hand, a forefinger against his cheek. She seems sad. Virag. Cynically, his weasel teeth bared yellow, draws down his left eye with a finger and barks hoarsely. Hoax! Beware of the flapper on Bogus Mournful! Lily of the alley! All possess bachelor's buttons as covered by ruinous Columbus. Tumble her? Columble her? Chameleon? <laughs> More genially. Well then, uh, permit me to draw your attention to item number three. There is plenty of her visible to the naked eye. Observe the mass of oxygenated vegetable matter on her skull. What oh, she bumps! The ugly duckling of the party, long-casted and deep in keel. Bloom, regretfully. When you come out without your gun. We can do you all brands, mild, medium and strong. Pay your money, take your choice. How happy could you be with either? With? Virag, his tongue upcurling. Lyum. Look. Her beam is broad. She is coated with quite a considerable layer of fat. 
obviously mammal in weight of bosom, you remark that she has in front well to the fore two protuberances of very respectable dimensions, inclined to fall in the noonday soup plate, while on her rear, lower down, are two additional protuberances suggestive of potent rectum and tumescent for palpation, which leave nothing to be desired save compactness. Such fleshy parts are the product of careful nurture. When coop fattened, their livers reach an elephantine size. Pellets of new bread with fenugreek and gum benjamin swamped down by potions of green tea endow them during their brief existence with natural pincushions of quite colossal blubber. That suits your book, eh? Flesh hot pots of Egypt to hanker after? Wallow in it, like a podium. His throat twitches. Slap bang! There he goes again. The sty I dislike. Virag arches his eyebrows. Contact with a gold ring, they say. Argumentum ad feminam, as we said in old Rome and ancient Greece, in the consulship of Diplodocus and Ichthyosaurus. For the rest, Eve's sovereign remedy. Not for sale, hire only, Huguenot. He twitches. It is a funny sound. He coughs encouragingly. (laughs) But possibly it is only a vort. I presume you shall have remembered what I will have taught you on that head. Wheaten meal with honey and nutmeg. Bloom, reflecting. Wheaten meal with lycopodium and syllabax. This searching ordeal, it has been an unusually fatiguing day. Chapter of accidents. Wait. I mean... What's blood spreads what's, you said? Virag, severely, his nose hard-humped, his side-eye winking. Stop twirling your thumbs and have a good old thunk. See, you have forgotten. Exercise your mnemotechnic. La causa e santa. Ta-ra, ta-ra. Aside. He will surely remember. Rosemary also, did I understand you to say, or will power over parasitic tissues... Then nay, no, I have an inkling. The touch of a dead hand cures. Nemo? Virag excitedly. I say so, I say so. In so, technic. He taps his parchment roll energetically. This book tells you how to act with all descriptive particulars. Consult index for agitated fear of aconite, melancholy of muriatic, priapic pulsatilla. Virag is going to talk about amputation. Our old friend Caustic, they must be starved. Snip off with horsehair under the denned neck. But to change the venue to the Bulgar and the Basque, have you made up your mind whether you like or dislike women in male habiliments? With a dry snigger. <laughs> you intend to devote an entire year to the study of the religious problem and the summer months of 1882 to square the circle and win that million. Pomegranate. <laughs> From the sublime to the ridiculous is but a step. Pajamas, let us say. Or stuck in it gusseted knickers closed. Or put we the case those complicated combinations, cammy knickers? He crows derisively. Kikariki! Bloom surveys uncertainly the three whores, then gazes at the veiled mauve light, hearing the ever flying moth. I wanted then to have now concluded. Nightdress was never. Hence, this. But tomorrow is a new day will be. Past was, is today. What now is will, then tomorrow as now was, be past yester. Virag prompts into his ear in a pig's whisper. Insects of the day spend their brief existence in reiterated coition, lured by the smell of the inferiorly pulchritudinous female, possessing extendified pudental verve in dorsal region. Pretty Paul! His yellow parrot beak gabbles nasally. They had a proverb in the Carpathians in or about the year 5550 of our era. One tablespoonful of honey will attract friend Bruin more than half a dozen barrels of first-choice malt vinegar. Bears, buzz, bothers, bees. But of this apart, at another time we may resume. We were very pleased, we others. He coughs, and bending his brow, rubs his nose thoughtfully with a scooping hand. (coughs) You shall find that these night insects follow the light. An illusion, for remember their complex, unadjustable eye. 
For all these knotty points, see the seventeenth book of my Fundamentals of Sexology, or the Love Passion, which Dr. L.B. says is the book sensation of the year. Some, to example, there are again whose movements are automatic. Perceive, that is his appropriate son. Night bird, night sun, night town. Chase me, Charlie. Buzz. B. Or blue bottle too. Other day, butting shadow on wall, dazed self. Then me, wandered dazed down shirt. Good jobber. Virag, his face impassive, laughs in a rich feminine key. <laughs> Splendid. Spanish fly in his fly or mustard plaster on his dibble. He gobbles gluttonously with turkey wattles. <laughs> bubbly jock, bubbly jock, where are we? Open sesame, cometh forth. He unrolls his parchment rapidly and reads, his glowworm's nose running backwards over the letters, which he claws. Dear good friend, I bring thee thy answer. Red bank oysters will shortly be upon us. I'm the best o' cook. Those succulent bivalves may help us, and the truffles of Perigord. Tubers dislodged through Mr. Omnivorous Porker were unsurpassed in cases of nervous debility or viragitis. Though they stink, yet they sting. He wags head with cackling raillery. <laughs> Jocular, with my eyeglass in my ocular. Bloom, absently. Ocularly, woman's bivalve case is worse. Always open sesame. The cloven sex. Why they fear vermin, creeping things. Yet Eve and the serpent contradict. Not the historical fact. Obvious analogy to my idea. Serpents too are gluttons for woman's milk. Wind their way through miles of omnivorous forest to suck succulent her breast dry. Like those bubbly jocular Roman matrons one reads of in elephantiliasis. Virag, his mouth projected in hard wrinkles. Eyes stonily, forlornly closed. Psalms in outlandish monotone. That the cows with their vows distended others, that they have been the known. I'm going to scream. I beg your pardon, eh? So, he repeats. Spontaneously to seek out the Saurian's lair in order to entrust their teats to his avid suction. And milks aphis. Profoundly. Instinct rules the world in life, in death. Virag, head askew, arches his back and hunched wing shoulders, peers at the moth out of blear-bulged eyes, points a horning claw and cries, Who's Ger, Ger? Who's dear Gerald? Oh, I much fear he shall be most badly burned. Will some plish Persian, not now impediment so catastrophic, mit agitation of first-class table numpkin? He mews. He sighs, draws back, and stares sideways down, with dropping under jaw. Well, well, he doth rest anon. I'm a tiny, tiny thing, ever flying in the spring, round and round a ring, a ring. Long ago I was a king. Now I do this kind of thing, on the wing, on the wing, bing! He rushes against the mauve shade, flapping noisily. Pretty, 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 pretty petticoats. From left upper entrance, with two sliding steps, Henry Flower comes forward to left front center. He wears a dark mantle and drooping plumed sombrero. He carries a silver-stringed inlaid dulcimer and a long-stemmed bamboo Jacob's pipe, its clay bowl fashioned as a female head. He wears dark velvet hose and silver-buckled pumps. He has the romantic saviour's face, with flowing locks, thin beard and moustache. His spindle legs and sparrow feet are those of the tenor Mario, Prince of Candia. He settles down his goffered ruffs and moistens his lips with a passage of his amorous tongue. Henry, in a low, dulcet voice, touching the strings of his guitar. There is a flower that bloometh. Virag, truculent, his jowl set, stares at the lamp. Grave bloom regards Zoe's neck. Henry, gallant, turns with pendant dewlap to the piano. 
Stephen to himself. Play with your eyes shut. Imitate power. Filling my belly with husks of swine. Too much of this. I will arise and go to my... Expect this is the... Steve, thou art in a parlous way. Must visit old DC or telegraph. Our interview of this morning has left on me a deep impression. Though our ages will write fully tomorrow. I'm partially drunk, by the way. He touches the keys again. Minor chord comes now. Yes. Not much, however. Almidano Artifoni holds out a battle roll of music with vigorous moustache work. Artifoni. Non ci rifletta. Lei rovina tutto. Flurry. Sing us something. Love's all sweet song. No voice. I am a most finished artist. Lynch, did I show you the letter about the lute? Flurry, smirking. The bird that can sing and won't sing. The Siamese twins, Philip drunk and Philip sober, two Oxford dons with lawnmowers, appear in the window embrasure. Both are masked with Matthew Arnold's face. Philip sober. Take a fool's advice. All is not well. Work it out with the butt end of a pencil like a good young idiot. Three pounds twelve you got. Two notes, one sovereign, two crowns. If youth but knew... Moonies en ville, Moonies sur mer, the Moira, Larches, Hollis Street Hospital, Burks, eh? I'm watching you. Philip drunk impatiently. Oh, bosh, man, go to hell. I paid my way. I could only find out about octaves. Reduplication of personality. Who was it told me his name? His lawnmower begins to purr. Ah, yes. Zoe Moussasagapo. I have never heard before. When was it not Atkinson? His card, I have somewhere. Mac, somebody. Unmac, I have it. He told me about, hold on, Swinburne, was it now? And the song? Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Are you out of Minot? You're like someone I knew once. Out of it now. To himself. Clever. Philip drunk and Philip sober. Their lawnmowers purring with a rigadoon of grass horns. Clever ever. Out of it. Out of it. By the by, have you the book, the thing, the ash plant? Yes, there it is. Yes. Clever ever. Out of it now. Keep in condition. Do like us. Zoe. There was a priest down here two nights ago to do his bit of business with his coat buttoned up. <laughs> you needn't try to hide, I says to him. I know you've a Roman collar. Virag. Perfectly logical from his standpoint. Fall of man. Harshly, his pupils waxing. To hell with the Pope. Nothing new under the sun. I am the virag who disclosed the sex secrets of monks and maidens. Why I left the Church of Rome. Read the priest, the woman, and the confessional. Penrose. Flippity jippet. He wriggles. Woman. Undoing with sweet pewter her belt of rush rope offers her almost yoni to man's lingam. Short time after, man presents woman with pieces of jungle meat. Woman shows joy and covers herself with feather skins. Man loves her yoni fiercely with big lingam, the stiff one. He cries, Coactus volui! Then giddy woman will run about. Strong man grasps woman's wrist. Woman squeals, bites, spucks. Man, now fierce, angry, strikes woman's fat yagana. He chases his tail. Piff, puff, popo. He stops, sneezes. <laughs> he worries his butt. <laughs> Lynch. I hope you gave the good father a penance. Nine glorious for shooting a bishop. Zoe spouts walrus smoke through her nostrils. He couldn't get a connection. Only, you know, sensation. A dry rush. Poor man. Zoe, lightly. Only for what happened him. How? Virag, a diabolic rictus of black luminosity contracting his visage, cranes his scraggy neck forward. He lifts a moon-calf nozzle and howls. Verflüchter goem! He had a father, forty fathers. He never existed. Pig God. He had two left feet. He was Judas Yacaius, a Libyan eunuch, the Pope's bastard. 
He leans out on tortured forepaws, elbows bent rigid, his eye agonizing in his flat skull neck, and yelps over the mute world. A son of a horror! Apocalypse! Kitty. A merry shot, oh, that was in the lock with the pox she got from Jimmy Pigeon in the blue caps. Had a child often that couldn't swallow, and was smothered with convulsions in the mattress, and we all subscribed for the funeral. Philip drunk, gravely. Qui vous a mis dans cette fichue position, Philippe? Philip sober, gaily. C'était le sacré pigeon, Philippe. Kitty unpins her hat and sets it down calmly, patting her henna hair. And a prettier, a daintier head of winsome curls was never seen on a horse's shoulders. Lynch puts on her hat. She whips it off. Lynch <laughs> laughs. <laughs> and to such delights as Mechnikov inoculated anthropoid apes. Flory nods. Locomotor a taxi. Zoe, gaily. <laughs> My dictionary. Three wise virgins. Virag. Ague-shaken, profuse yellow spawn foaming over his bony epileptic lips. She sold love filters, white wax, orange flower, panther, the Roman centurion, polluted her with his genitories. He sticks out a flickering, phosphorescent, scorpion tongue, his hand on his fork. Messiah! He burst her tympanum. With gibbering baboon's cries, he jerks his hips in the cynical spasm. Hick, hick! Ben Jumbo Dollard, rubicund, muscle-bound, hairy-nostrilled, huge-bearded, cabbage-eared, shaggy-chested, shock-maned, fat-papped, stands forth, his loins and genitals tightened into a pair of black bathing bag slops. Ben Dollard, knackering castanet bones in his huge padded paws, yodels jovially in bass barrel tone. When love absorbs my heart and soul. The virgins, Nurse Kellen and Nurse Quigley, burst through the ringkeepers and the ropes and mob him with open arms. The virgins, gushingly. Big Ben, Ben McCree. A voice. Hold that fellow with the bad breeches. Ben Dollard smites his thigh in abundant laughter. <laughs> Hold him now. <laughs> Henry, caressing on his breast a severed female head, murmurs, Thine heart, mine love. He plucks his lute strings. When first I saw... Virag, sloughing his skins, his multitudinous plumage molting. Rats! He yawns, showing a coal-black throat, and closes his jaws by an upward push of his parchment roll. <sighs> After having said which, I took my departure. Farewell. Fare thee well. Drek. Henry Flower combs his moustache and beard rapidly with a pocket comb and gives a cow's lick to his hair. Steered by his rapier, he glides to the door, his wild harp slung behind him. Virag reaches the door in two ungainly still hops, his tail cocked, and deftly claps sideways on the wall a pus-yellow flybill butting it with his head. The fly bill. K-11. Post no bills. Strictly confidential. Dr. High Franks. Henry. All is lost now. Virag unscrews his head in a trice and holds it under his arm. Virag's head. Quack. Exeunt severally. Stephen over his shoulder to Zoe. You would have preferred the fighting parson who founded the Protestant error. But beware Antisthenes, the dog sage, and the last end of Aria Cerisiacus, the agony in the closet. Lynch. All one and the same God to her. Stephen, devoutly. And sovereign lord of all things. Flory to Stephen. I'm sure you are a spoiled priest. Or a monk. He is. A cardinal's son. Cardinal sin. Monks of the screw. His eminence, Simon Stephen Cardinal Dedalus, primate of all Ireland, appears in the doorway dressed in red soutane, sandals and socks. Seven dwarf simian acolytes, also in red, cardinal sins, uphold his train, peeping under it. He wears a battered silk hat sideways on his head. His thumbs are stuck in his armpits and his palms outspread. Round his neck hangs a rosary of corks, ending on his breast in a corkscrew cross. Releasing his thumbs, he invokes grace from on high with large wave gestures and proclaims with bloated pomp. Conservio lies captured. He lies in the lowest dungeon with manacles and chains around his limbs, weighing upwards of three tons. 
He looks at all for a moment, his right eye closed tight, his left cheek puffed out. Then, unable to repress his merriment, he rocks to and fro, arms akimbo, and sings with broad, rollicking humour. Oh, the poor little fellow, he, 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 his legs, they were yellow. He was plump, fat and heavy and brisk as a snake. But some bloody savage to graze his white cabbage. He murdered Nelflahart, his duck-loving Drake. A multitude of midges swarms over his robe. He scratches himself with crossed arms at his ribs, grimacing, and exclaims, I'm suffering the agony of the damned by the hawky fiddle. Thanks be to Jesus. Those funny little chaps are not unanimous. If they were, they'd walk me off the face of the bloody globe. His head aslant, he blesses curtly with four and middle fingers, imparts the Easter kiss, and double shuffles off comically, swaying his hat from side to side, shrinking quickly to the size of his train-bearers. The dwarf acolytes, giggling, peeping, nudging, ogling, Easter-kissing, zigzag behind him. His voice is heard mellow from afar, merciful, male, melodious. Shall carry my heart to thee. Shall carry my heart to thee. And the breath of the balmy night shall carry my heart to thee. The trick door handle turns. The door handle. Zoe. The devil is in that door. A male form passes down the creaking staircase and is heard taking the waterproof and hat from the rack. Bloom starts forward involuntarily and half closing the door as he passes takes the chocolate from his pocket and offers it nervously to Zoe. Zoe sniffs his hair briskly. Thank you, Mother, for the rabbits. I'm very fond of what I like. Bloom, hearing a male voice in talk with the whores on the doorstep, pricks his ears. If it were he, after, or because not, or the double event. Zoe tears open the silver foil. Fingers was made before forks. She breaks off and nibbles a piece, gives a piece to Kitty Ricketts, and then turns kittenishly to Lynch. No objection to French lozenges. He nods. She taunts him. Have it now. Oh, wait till you get it. He opens his mouth, his head cocked. She whirls the prize in left circle. His head follows. She whirls it back in right circle. He eyes her. Catch. She tosses a piece. With an adroit snap, he catches it and bites it through with a crack. Kitty, chewing. The engineer I was with at the bazaar does have lovely ones, full of the best liqueurs. And the viceroy was there with his lady. The gas we had on the top toppy horses. I'm giddy still. Bloom, in Svengali's fur overcoat, with folded arms and Napoleonic forelock, frowns in ventriloquial exorcism, with piercing eagle glance towards the door. Then, rigid, with left foot advanced, he makes a swift pass with impelling fingers and gives the sign of past master, drawing his right arm downwards from his left shoulder. Go, 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 I conjure you, whoever you are. A male cough and tread are heard passing through the mist outside. Bloom's features relax. He places a hand in his waistcoat, posing calmly. Zoe offers him chocolate. Bloom solemnly. Thanks. Do as you bid. Here. A firm heel-clacking is heard on the stairs. Bloom takes the chocolate. Aphrodisiac. But I thought it vanilla calms, or memo, confused light confuses memory. Red influences lupus. Colors affect women's characters, any they have. This black makes me sad. Eat and be merry for tomorrow. He eats. Influence taste, too. Mauve. But it's so long since I... Seems new. Afro. That priest must come. Better late than never. Try truffles at Andrews. The door opens. Bella Cohen, a massive whore mistress, enters. She is dressed in a three-quarter ivory gown, fringed round the hem with tassel selvage, and cools herself, flirting a black horn fan like Minnie Hauk in Carmen. On her left hand are wedding and keeper rings. Her eyes are deeply carboned. She has a sprouting moustache. Her olive face is heavy, 
slightly sweated and full-nosed, with orange-tainted nostrils. She has large, pendant, beryl eardrops. Bella. My word. I'm all of a muck sweat. She glances around her at the couples. Then her eyes rest on Bloom with hard insistence. Her large fan winnows wind towards her heated face, neck, and on bon point. Her falcon eyes glitter. The fan, flirting quickly, then slowly. Married, I see. Yes, partly. I have mislaid. The fan, half opening, then closing. And the missus is master. Petticoat government. Bloom looks down with a sheepish grin. That is so. The fan, folding together, rests against her eardrop. Have you Have forgotten, forgotten me? Yes, yo. The fan, folded akimbo against her waist. Is me her was you dream before? Was then she him you are since new? Am all them and the same now we? Bella approaches, gently tapping with the fan. Bloom, wincing. Powerful being. In my eyes read that slumber which women love. The fan, tapping. We have met. You are mine. It is fate. Bloom, cowed. Exuberant female. Enormously I desiderate your domination. I am exhausted, abandoned, no more young. I stand, so to speak, with an unposted letter bearing the extra regulation fee before the too late box of the General Post Office of Human Life. The door and window open at a right angle cause a draft of 32 feet per second according to the law of falling bodies. I have felt... This instant, a twinge of sciatica in my left gluteal muscle. It runs in our family. Poor dear Papa. A widower was a regular barometer from it. He believed in animal heat. A skin of tabby lined his winter waistcoat. Near the end, remembering King David and the Sunamite, he shared his bed with Athos, faithful after death. A dog spittle, as you probably... He winces. Ah, Richie Goulding... Bag-weighted, passes the door. Mocking his catch, best value in dope, fit for the prince's liver and kidney. The fan, tapping. All things end, be mine, now. Bloom, undecided. All, now? I should not have parted with my talisman. Rain, exposure, a dewfall on the sea rocks, a peccadillo at my time of life. Every phenomenon has a natural cause. The fan points downwards slowly. You may... Bloom looks downwards and perceives her unfastened bootlace. We are observed. The fan points downwards quickly. You must... Bloom with desire, with reluctance. I can make a true black knot. Learned when I served my time and worked the mail order line for Kellett's. Experienced hand. Every knot says a lot. Let me, in courtesy. I knelt once before today. Ah! Bella raises her gown slightly and, steadying her pose, lifts to the edge of a chair a plump, buskined hoof and a full pastern, silk-socked. Bloom, stiff-legged, aging, bends over her hoof and with gentle fingers draws out and in her laces. Bloom murmurs lovingly. To be a shoe-fitter in Mansfields was my love's young dream. The darling joys of sweet button-hooking... To lace up crisscross to knee-length the dressy kid footwear satin-lined, so incredibly small, of Clyde Road ladies. Even their wax model Raymond I visited daily to admire her cobweb hose and stick of rhubarb toe, as worn in Paris. The hoof. Smell my hot goat hide. Feel my royal weight. Bloom, cross-lacing. Too tight? If you bungle, Handy Andy, I'll kick your football for you. Not to lace the wrong eyelet as I did the night of the bizarre dance. Bad luck. Nook in the wrong tash of her. Person you mentioned that night she met. Now. He knots the lace. Bella places her foot on the floor. Bloom raises his head. Her heavy face, her eyes, strike him in mid-brow. His eyes grow dull, darker and pouched. His nose thickens. Bloom mumbles. Awaiting your further orders, we remain gentlemen. Bello, with a hard basilisk stare in a baritone voice. Hound of dishonor. Bloom infatuated. 
Empress. Bellow, his heavy cheek chops sagging. Adorer of the adulterous rump. Bloom plaintively. Hugeness. Dung devourer. Bloom with sinews semi-flexed. Magnificence. Down. He taps her on the shoulder with his fan. Incline feet forward. Slide left foot one pace back. You will fall. You are falling on the hands. Down. Bloom, her eyes upturned in the sign of admiration. Closing. Truffles. With a piercing epileptic cry, she sinks on all fours, grunting, snuffling, rooting at his feet. Then lies, shamming dead with eyes shut tight. Trembling eyelids, bowed upon the ground in the attitude of most excellent master. Bellow, with bobbed hair, purple gills, fat moustache rings round his shaven mouth. In mountaineer's putties, green silver button coat, sport shirt, and alpine hat with moorcock's feather. His hands stuck deep in his breeches' pockets, places his heel on her neck and grinds it in. Feel my entire weight. Bow, bond slave, before the throne of your despot's glorious heels, so glistening in their proud erectness. Bloom, enthralled, bleats. I promise never to disobey. Bello laughs loudly. <laughs> Holy smoke! You little know what's in store for you. I'm the tartar to settle your little lot and break you in. I'll bet Kentucky cocktails all round I shame it out of you, old son. Cheat me. I dare you. If you do tremble in anticipation of heel discipline to be inflicted in gym costume. Bloom creeps under the sofa and peers out through the fringe. Zoe, widening her slip to screen her. She's not here. Bloom, closing her eyes. She's not here. Florrie, hiding her with her gown. She didn't mean this, Mr. Bello. She'll be good, sir. Kitty. Don't be too hard on her, Mr. Bello. Sure you won't, ma'am, sir. Bello, coaxingly. Come, ducky dear. I want a word with you, darling, just to administer correction. Just a little heart-to-heart talk, sweetie. Bloom puts out her timid head. There's a good girly now. Bello grabs her hair violently and drags her forward. I only want to correct you for your own good on a soft, safe spot. How's that tender behind? Oh, ever so gently, pet. Begin to get ready. Bloom, fainting. Don't tear my... Bello, savagely. The nose ring, the pliers, the bastinado, the hanging hook. The knout I'll make you kiss while the flutes play like the Nubian slave of old. You're in for it this time. I'll make you remember me for the balance of your natural life. His forehead veins swollen, his face congested. I shall sit on your ottoman saddleback every morning after my thumping good breakfast of Madison's fat ham rashers and a bottle of Guinness's porter. He belches. And suck my thumping good stock exchange cigar while I read the licensed Vittler's Gazette. Very possibly I shall have you slaughtered and skewered in my stables and enjoy a slice of you with crisp crackling from the baking tin, basted and baked like sucking pig with rice and lemon or currant sauce. It will hurt you. He twists her arm. Bloom squeaks, turning turtle. Don't be cruel, nurse. Don't. Bellow, twisting. Another. Bloom screams. Oh, it's hell itself. Every nerve in my body aches like mad. Bello shouts. Good by the rumping, jumping general. That's the best bit of news I heard these six weeks. Here, don't keep me waiting, damn you. He slaps her face. Bloom whimpers. You're after hitting me, I'll tell. Hold him down, girls, till I squat on him. Zoe. Yes, walk on him. I will. Florrie. I will. Don't be greedy. Kitty. No, me. Lend him to me. The brothel cook, Mrs. Kyo, wrinkled, grey-bearded, in a greasy bib, men's grey and green socks and brogues, flour smeared, a rolling pin stuck with raw pastry in her bare red arm and hand, appears at the door. Mrs. Kyo, ferociously. Can I help? They hold and pinion bloom. Bello squats with a grunt on Bloom's upturned face, puffing cigar smoke, nursing a fat leg. I see Keating Clay's elected chairman of the Richmond Asylum, and uh, by the by, Guinness's preference shares are at sixteen three quarters. Curse me for a fool that I didn't buy that lot Craig and Gardner told me about. Just my infernal luck. Curse it. And that goddamned outsider throwaway at twenty to one. He quenches his cigar angrily on Bloom's ear. Where's that goddamned cursed ashtray? Bloom, goaded, buttock smothered. Oh, oh, monsters, cruel one! 
Ask for that every ten minutes. Beg, pray for it as you never prayed before. He thrusts out a figged fist and fouls the garb. Here, kiss that. Both. Kiss. He throws a leg astride and, pressing with horseman's knees, calls in a hard voice. Gee up! A cock horse to Banbury Cross. I'll ride him for the Eclipse Stakes. He bends sideways and squeezes his mount's testicles roughly, shouting, Oh, off we pop! I'll nurse you in proper fashion. He horse rides cock horse, leaping in the saddle. The lady goes a pace, a pace, and the coachman goes a trot, a trot, and the gentleman goes a gallop, a gallop, a gallop, a gallop. Florrie pulls at Bello. Let me on him now. You had enough. I asked before you. Zoe pulling at Florrie. Me, me. I am not finished with him yet, succoress. Bloom stifling. Can't. Well, I'm not. Wait. He holds in his breath. Curse it. Here, this bung's about burst. He uncorks himself behind, then, contorting his features, farts loudly. Take that. He recorks himself. Yes, by jingo. Sixteen three-quarters. Bloom, a sweat breaking out over him. Not man. He sniffs. Woman. Bello stands up. No more blow hot and cold. What you longed for has come to pass. Henceforth you are unmanned and mine in earnest, a thing under the yoke. Now for your punishment, frock. You will shed your male garments, you understand, Ruby Cohen, and don the shot silk luxuriously rustling over head and shoulders, and quickly do. Bloom shrinks. Silk, mistress said. Oh, crinkly, scrapey. Must I tip-touch it with my nails? Bellow points to his whores. As they are now, so will you be. Wigged, singed, perfume sprayed, rice-powdered with smooth-shaven armpits. Tape measurements will be taken next to your skin. You will be laced with cruel force into vice-like corsets of soft dove coutille with whalebone busk to the diamond-trimmed pelvis. Oh, the absolute outside edge. While your figure, plumper than when at large, will be restrained in net-tight frocks, pretty two-ounce petticoats and fringes, and things stamped, of course, with my house flag, creations of lovely lingerie for Alice, and nice scent for Alice. Alice will feel the pull-pull. Martha and Mary will be a little chilly at first in such delicate thigh-casing, but the frilly flimsiness of lace round your bare knees will remind you... Bloom, a charming soubrette with dauby cheeks, mustard hair, and large male hands and nose, leering mouth. I tried her things on only once, a small prank in Hollis Street. When we were hard up, I washed them to save the laundry bill. My own shirts I turned. It was the purest thrift. Bello jeers. Little jobs that make mother pleased, eh? And showed off coquettishly on your domino at the mirror behind close-drawn blinds, your unskirted thighs and egoat's udders in various poses of surrender, eh? Oh, I have to laugh. That second-hand black opera top shift and short trunk-leg knot is all split up the stitches at her last rape that Mrs. Miriam Dandrade sold you from the Shelburne Hotel, eh? Miriam, black, demi-mondaine. Bello guffaws. <laughs> Christ almighty, it's too tickling, this. You were a nice-looking Miriam when you clipped off your back-gate hairs and lay swooning in the thing across the bed as Mrs. Dandrade, about to be violated by Lieutenant Smythe Smythe, Mr. Philip Augustus Blockwell, MP, Signor Lachi Daremo, the robust tenor, Blue-Eyed Bert, the lift boy, Henry Flurry of Gordon Bennett fame, Sheridan, the quadroon Croesus, the varsity wet Bob Eight from Old Trinity, Ponto, her splendid Newfoundland and Bobs, Dowager Duchess of Manor Hamilton... He guffaws again. <laughs> Christ, wouldn't it make a Siamese cat laugh? 
Bloom, her hands and features working. It was Gerald converted me to be a true corset lover when I was female impersonator in the high school play Vice Versa. It was dear Gerald. He got that kink, fascinated by sister's stays. Now, dearest Gerald uses pinky grease paint and gills his eyelids. Cult of the beautiful. Bella, with wicked glee. Beautiful. Give us a breather. When you took your seat with womanish care, lifting your billowy flounces on the smooth-worn throne. Science, to compare the various joys we each enjoy. Earnestly. And really, it's better the position, because I often used to wet. Bellow sternly. No insubordination. The sawdust is there in the corner for you. I gave you strict instructions, didn't I? Do it standing, sir. I'll teach you to behave like a gentleman. If I catch a trace on your swaddles. Aha! By the ass of the Dorans, you'll find I'm a martinet. The sins of your past are rising against you. Many. Hundreds. The sins of the past in a medley of voices. He went through a form of clandestine marriage with at least one woman in the shadow of the black church. Unspeakable messages he telephoned mentally to Miss Dunn at an address in Delir Street, while he presented himself indecently to the instrument in the call box. By word and deed, he encouraged a nocturnal strumpet to deposit fecal and other matter in an unsanitary outhouse attached to empty premises. In five public conveniences, he wrote penciled messages offering his nuptial partner to all strong-membered males. And by the offensively smelling vitriol works, did he not pass night after night by loving courting couples to see if and what and how much he could say? Did he not lie in bed? Bloating over a nauseous fragment of well-used toilet paper Presented to him by a master in Harlot Stimulated by gingerbread and a postal order Bellow whistles loudly Say, what was the most revolting piece of obscenity in all your career of crime? Go the whole hog, puke it out, be candid for once Mute, inhuman faces throng forward, leering, vanishing, gibbering. Booloohoom, Poldy Cock, Bootlaces a Penny, Cassidy's Hag, Blind Stripling, Larry Rhinoceros, the girl, the woman, the whore, the other, the... Don't ask me. Our mutual faith. Pleasant Street, I only caught the half of the... I swear on my sacred oath. Fellow, peremptorily. Answer, repugnant wretch. I insist on knowing... Tell me something to amuse me. Smut or a bloody good ghost story or a line of poetry. Quick, quick, quick. Where? How? What time? With how many? I give you just three seconds. One. Two. Three. Bloom, docile, gurgles. I re-repugnosed in re-repugnant. Bellow imperiously. Oh, get out, you skunk. Hold your tongue. Speak when you're spoken to. Bloom bows. Master, mistress, a man tamer. He lifts his arms. His bangle bracelets fall. Bellow satirically. By day, you will souse and bat our smelling underclothes. Also, when we ladies are unwell. And swab out our latrines with dress pinned up and a dishclout tied to your tail. Won't that be nice? He places a ruby ring on her finger. And there now... With his ring, I the own. Say thank you, mistress. Thank you, mistress. You will make the beds. Get my tub ready. Empty the piss pots in the different rooms, including old Mrs. Kyo's, the cooks. A sandy one. Aye, and rinse the seven of them well, mind, or lap it up like champagne. Drink me piping hot. Hop. You will dance attendance, or I lecture you on your misdeeds, Miss Ruby, and spank your bare bot right well, Miss, with the hairbrush. You'll be taught the error of your ways. At night, your well-creamed braceleted hands will wear forty-three buttoned gloves, new-powdered with talc, 
and having delicately scented fingertips. For such favors knights of old laid down their lives. <laughs> he chuckles. My boys will be no end charmed to see you so ladylike. The colonel above all. When they come here the night before the wedding to fondle my new attraction in gilded heels. First, I'll have a go at you myself. A man I know on the turf named Charles Alberta Marsh. I was in bed with him just now and another gentleman out of the Hannaper and Petty Bag Office. Is on the lookout for a maid of all work at a short knock. Swell the bust, smile, droop shoulders. What offers? He points. For that lot, trained by owner to fetch and carry, basket in mouth. He bears his arm and plunges it elbow deep in Bloom's vulva. <laughs> There's fine depth for you. What, boys? That give you a hard on? He shoves his arm in a bidder's face. Here, wet the deck and wipe it round. A bidder. A florin. Dylan's lackey rings his handbell. A voice. One and eight pence too much. The lackey. Barang! Charles Alberta Mush. Must be virgin. Good breath. Clean. Bello gives a rap with his gavel. Two bar. Rock bottom figure and cheap at the price. Fourteen hands high. Touch and examine she's points. Handle for him. This downy skin, these soft muscles, this tender flesh. If I had only my gold piercer here. And quite easy to milk. Three new-laid gallons a day. A pure stock getter due to lay within the hour. His sire's milk record was a thousand gallons of whole milk in forty weeks. Whoa, my jewel, beg up. Whoa. He brands his initial C on Bloom's croup. So, warranted Cohen. What advance on to Bob, gentlemen? A dark-visaged man in disguised accent. Hundred pound sterling. Voices subdued. For the caliph Harun al-Rashid. Bellow gaily. Right, let them all come. The scanty, daringly short skirt, riding up at the knee to show a peep of white pantalette, is a potent weapon, and transparent stockings, emerald-gartered, with a long, straight seam trailing up beyond the knee, appeal to the better instincts of the blasé man about town. Learn the smooth, mincing walk on four-inch Louis Caz heels, the Grecian bend with provoking croup, the thighs fluorescent, knees modestly kissing... Bring all your power of fascination to bear on them. Pander to their Gamorrahan vices. Bloom bends his blushing face into his armpit and simpers with forefinger in mouth. Oh, I know what you're hinting at now. What else are you good for, an impotent thing like you? He stoops and peering pokes with his fan rudely under the fat suet folds of Bloom's haunches. Up, up, Manx cat! What have we here? Where's your curly teapot gone to, or who docked it on you, cocky Ollie? Sing, birdie, sing. It's as limp as a boy of sixes doing his poolie behind a cart. Buy a bucket or sell your pump. Loudly. Can you do a man's job? Eckler Street. Bellow sarcastically. I wouldn't hurt your feelings for the world, but there's a man of brawn in possession there. The tables are turned, my gay young fellow. He is something like a full-grown outdoor man. Well for you, you muff, if you have that weapon with knobs and lumps and warts all over it. He shot his bolt, I can tell you. Foot to foot, knee to knee, belly to belly, bobs to breast. He's no eunuch. A shock of red hair he has sticking out of him behind like a furze bush. Wait for nine months, my lad. Holy ginger, it's kicking and coughing up and down on our guts already. That makes you wild, don't it? Touches the spot. He spits in contempt. Spittoon! I was indecently treated. I informed the police. Hundred pounds. Unmentionable. I... What if you could, lame duck? A downpour we want, not your drizzle. To drive me mad. 
Mal, I forgot. Forgive, Mal. We still... Bellow ruthlessly. No, Leopold Bloom. All is changed by woman's will since you slept horizontal in sleepy hollow your night of twenty years. Return and see. Old Sleepy Hollow calls over the world. Bloom in tattered moccasins with a rusty fowling piece, tiptoeing, finger-tipping, his haggard, bony, bearded face peering through the diamond panes, cries out, I see her! It's she! The first night at Matt Dillon's. But that dress, the green, and her hair is dyed gold, and he... Bellow laughs mockingly. <laughs> That's your daughter, you owl, with a Mullingar student. Millie Bloom, fair-haired, green-vested, slim-sandaled, her blue scarf in the sea wind simply swirling, breaks from the arms of her lover and calls. Her young eyes wonder wide. Changed, eh? Our what-not. Our writing table, where we never wrote. Aunt Hegarty's armchair. Our classic reprints of old masters. A man and his men friends are living there in clover. The cuckoo's rest. Why not? How many women had you, say? Following them up dark streets, flat-foot... Exciting them by your smothered grunts. What? You male prostitute. Blameless dames with parcels of groceries. Turn about. Sauce for the goose, my gander They, I... Bellow, cuttingly. Their heel marks will stamp the brusselette carpet you bought at Wren's auction. In their horseplay with Mull the Romp to find the buck flea in our breeches, they will deface the little statue you carried home in the rain for art, for art's sake. They will violate the secrets of your bottom drawer. Pages will be torn from your handbook of astronomy to make them pipe spills. And they will spit in your ten-shilling brass fender from Hampton Leedham's. Ten and six... The act of low scoundrels. Let me go. I will return. I will prove. A voice. Swear! Bloom clenches his fists and crawls forward, a bowie knife between his teeth. As a paying guest or a kept man? Too late. You have made your second best bed and others must lie in it. Your epitaph is written. You are down and out, and don't you forget it, old Bean. Justice. All Ireland versus one has nobody. He bites his thumb. Die and be damned to you if you have any sense of decency or grace about you. I can give you a rare old wine that'll send you skipping to hell and back. Sign a will and leave us any coin you have. If you have none, see you damn well get it. Steal it. Rub it. We'll bury you in our shrubbery jakes, for you'll be dead and dirty with old Cock Cohen, my stepnephew I married, the bloody old gouty procurator and sodomite with a crick in his neck, and my other ten or eleven husbands, whatever the buggers' names were, suffocated in the one cesspool. He explodes in a loud, phlegmy laugh. <laughs> we'll manure you, Mr. Flower! He pipes scoffingly. Bye-bye, Paldy. Bye-bye, Papley. Bloom clasps his head. My willpower, memory, I have sinned, I have suffered. He weeps tearlessly. Bellow sneers. Cry, Babby. Crocodile tears.